This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Rude Tales of Magic, Weird Times, and Piss Harbor! Before we begin, we here at Rude Tales of Magic would like to send our love and support to the family of Timothy Chalamet in case he passed away recently. We recorded this one like seven or eight weeks ago, so we have no way of knowing. He's probably fine, but you can never be too careful. And away we go! Wow, thank you, Grave Freaker. We open our episode in Where Else? Piss Harbor. We're in downtown Piss Harbor. This is where all of the iconic Piss Harbor skyscrapers can be found. Look, there's the big one. Look, there's the medium one. And look, there's the statue to intricate world building. It's late at night, and two young men are standing in a wet alley the neon lights reflecting up from the puddles beneath them. They seem to be engaged in some sort of, oh my God, a fight club? Could it be? No, it's, I I can't quite make it out. If only our cameraman would zoom in. Thank you. Okay, I can see them more clearly and they're, oh my God, they're not fighting at all. They're, they're burping. This isn't a fight club, it's a, a burp club? Of course, these sheltered young men are venting all of their rude energy out of their damn throats. They seem to be having a grand old time until, oh no, they see a figure step forward out of the shadows. Jamie, what do they see? They see a willowy elf uh, wearing a karate uniform and a billowing skirt. <laughs> She's beautiful, but her eyes have an indeterminate color as they're covered by large, intimidating sunglasses. (laughs) Her name is Lacey Polite. (laughs) (laughs) The kids look up and they they finish burping, which we add in post. I don't want to do that into a mic. And they look up and they say, Who are you? Now, boys, that wasn't very kind, was it? We're just burping honest. We ain't hurting nobody. You are. You're hurting the very fabric of society when you make noises like that with your filthy little mouths, don't you? But, oh, it's just, it's just burping. 
It's, it ain't like we farting or nothing, honest. No, if you were farting, you'd be dead already. What? Dead? Oh no! And they start backing away and they go, please, please don't, don't hurt us! Lacey pulls a pair of nunchucks from the inevitable pockets in her billowing skirts. <laughs> These pockets were only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> She's a she's a girl boss. She insisted on pockets in her billowing skirts. <laughs> she takes the nunchucks, uh, which have uh, chains in between. If I if I'm remembering movies correctly, and That's classic she, nunchuck. She catches one of the boys by the ankle with the with the <coughs> nunchuck. He falls forward, shattering all of the teeth in his mouth. He looks up. Please don't hurt me! Uh, one of the teeth that he was just burping his, with his nasty little mouth with is now chipped. Uh, Lacey gets right in his face and says, now, young man, can you tell me five things you're not supposed to do during a social interaction with another youngster? Uh, his, there's panic in his eyes. Uh, he looks to his friend and his friend shrugs theatrically as if to say, I don't know. Uh, he, he guesses. He says, I, I got to assume one of them is burping. None of them are burping. <laughs> what? What the hell? Clearly, you've never read The Polite Child's Guide to Life. He looks down sadly. He goes, I, I never did. I never got around to it. Lacey gets really close to the little boy's face and says, you want to hear a real burp? <laughs> His eyes go wide. He doesn't know what to make of this. Could this be a trick? A tr- he, he can't resist himself. He loves burping too much. He nods. I would do anything. Lacey takes a little vial of, uh, of, of green liquid from one of her billowing pockets and takes a sip of it. She burps and uh, some green vapor spouts from her mouth into the boy's face. The boy's face uh, just like melts away and all that's left is uh, a skull with, with chattering chipped teeth. Uh, as the, the last sound that escapes out of his throat is... Cool. <laughs> uh, Lacey turns to the other boy. Now, can you answer what are the four <laughs> other things you're not supposed to do in the presence of a fellow youngster? I, uh, I, 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 no elbows on the table? Lacey decides to take this poor piece of shit out of his misery and flings <laughs> <laughs> the nut and chucks it at his head, uh, knocking him out instantly. Yeah, you knock him out instantly, and his ghost goes flying hundreds of feet. Uh, it, it explodes when it hits the side of a building. He's dead. You've killed both of them. Now, that wasn't very nice of me, was it? <laughs> The camera leaves this grisly, gruesome, violent scene, and we cut now to the Moonlight Value Bounty's headquarter, currently stationed in a garage on the north end of town. That's right. In the world of Cordelia, garages were invented long before cars, giving you all plenty of space to stretch out. There's nothing in here but you. Well, there's you and large torches which line the wall of the garage, providing an accidentally romantic amount of light. Maybelline Moonlight, a large half-elf, half-orc, all-woman, steps out of the shadows and speaks to all of the assembled bounty hunters. Hey, guys. We got probably our most dangerous bounty yet tonight. 
she hits the head of a visual Kenku, and the wall is uh, filled with images of paintings of a beautiful girl boss elf with dark sunglasses wearing uh, karate robes. Her name is Lacey Polite. She's a rogue member of the political extremist group known as the Etiquette Police. Now, <laughs> whereas most Etiquette Police are satisfied simply making citizen arrests on rude members of the community, Lacey has taken it a step further. She is a deadly assassin who kills anybody acting rude in earshot of her. She is considered extremely polite and extremely dangerous. That's why we've set her bounty at half a million gold. Oh, I'm listening now. Carly, who is it that is listening now? Describe her for the, the, the listeners. Um, the, the camera uh, pans over to where you'd think an average height person's head might be, and there's nothing there. So the camera goes, oh, that's weird, and tilts down, and you see a dog lovingly cradling the hilt of a sword in its paws, nuzzling it, chewing on it. That's not it either. The camera then pans slightly to the left, and we see it. Edgica, the edge of madness. A twisted sword with a hot pink eye bulging out of its socket, Right on the blade. That's who's talking. I gotta say, we got the B-team cameraman tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Dropping balls left and right. (laughs) You're a thin ice fucker. To be fair, we didn't brief him. (laughs) Maybelline Moonlight has, in all of this, forgotten your question. Come again? Oh, I just said I'm listening. Actually, I think I've heard of this one before. I've wanted a taste of her for a while. That's right. That's why we've got... All of you guys here tonight, we need everybody because here's the thing. This is an extremely, extremely dangerous bounty. Y'all are going to need to be on your best behavior. If you do anything rude in the presence of Lacey Polite, you're as good as dead. But Maybelline, what is and what isn't rude is highly subjective. Chris, who just said that? (laughs) Ah, the camera pans over to where that voice came from and what's this? A horse? You've got the the hooves, the legs, the body, the tail. Oh my god. Look up. Look up. The camera moves upward to reveal that this is not just a horse, but a huge centaur who looks like a truck driver who lost his clothes at a rave hosted by the fairy court of violence and sex. It is Jonathan Large. That's right. This This is a real dangerous one, Jonathan. But if you keep your wits about you and you keep your manners on you, you're going to be able to bring her in no problem, okay? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> That's a great start. Anyone else have any questions? No questions, Maybelline. Just thinking to myself that with a bounty this big, I might, I might just be able to retire after this job. Joe, who is this? <laughs> Branson, I'm so glad you asked. The camera pans, and much like with Ejiga, it finds nothing. I say, hey, down here, down here, buddy, and the camera turns downwards again and finds itself face-to-face with Moose, the smoothest dwarf in all of Piss Harbor. (laughs) Not in terms of... Uh, you know, skin smoothness. He's covered in in, uh, in a luxurious beard and slicked back red hair. No smoothness in terms of personality, you see, in terms of uh, his whole vibe. 
Yeah, that's it's Slick Ronnie, by the way, if, if we're yeah. looking for physical smoothness. Yeah. He's wearing a pastel pink suit with a tucked-in teal t-shirt. Oh, Moose, if you were to retire, I wouldn't see you anymore. Well, who said I had to retire alone, Maybelline? <gasps> she blushes. Oh, Moose, you made me feel young again. Anyone else? Any other questions or comments? This is traditionally the part of the episode where the audience meets the main cast. I also don't have any questions. Who? (laughs) (laughs) The camera pans around the shadows, uh, sort of frantically, because the shadows are dancing around thanks to these candles. Uh, But Mm. eventually, eventually... Neil takes pity on the cameraman and steps out of them into the up, uplit light. Ugh. And you see a gargoyle. She is stunning and she's covered in scratches that look like, they're, they're graffiti scratches that kind of look like tattoos and it has a very cool feel to it. It's very intimidating. She also has <laughs> tiny vanity wings. Really quick, just just the, with eyes. Uh, yeah. uh, who who here is hot? Oh I... me. Okay, we got a lot of hot. That's fine. I just listeners, just update your uh, your mental picture of the of this episode. This is a hot episode. Uh, Tim, you raised your hand. Yeah, oh. Tim, you did raise your hand, but you didn't make a noise. Who else is here present? I gotta say, I don't even want money for this bounty. Because for me, it's personal. You zoom in, actually just on the right, ju- at just the right height to see uh, a frogman, but uh, p- potentially life, who is a cowboy. Excluding his cowboy boots, holster, bow tie, and cowboy hat, uh, he is uh, pretty much naked. Uh, um, he's also the most lonesome man in the world. It's Tommy Whistle. Uh, and so as he keeps talking, you're at the right like height for him, but it's sort of like the Queen movie, like every line, there's sort of a different angle on him as if they were trying to edit different takes of this one monologue. But you're sort of like, how could there have been so many takes? Why did they? Why are they editing? Why just stay on him? Just stay on him. That like, common and famous complaint with the Queen movie. We all know it. <laughs> I definitely thought you meant the Queen, like the movie about Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> no, the movie about the band. You see, this is personal for me. I did my time with the etiquette police. I used to think they had a they had a fine philosophy spreading politeness to, to a rude society, but they took things too far. Goodness, it must be a choice for it to be truly good. <laughs> That's why I think someone who kills people for money. Really quickly, just like accidentally edited in the episode, we see footage. It's like a camera was left on its side and it's still on. And we just see like in a back room, the DM Branson Reese uh, talking to a young cameraman being like, motherfucker. You have been left and right. You have been dropping the ball on this episode. I know I your have... dad is Tim Platt and you think you just are owed a job on Rude Tales of Magic, but that's not how it works. I have not been given the shot list. I'm trying. I'm trying. I mean, if I could, I don't know. These characters are coming up. I don't know who I'm shooting first. I'm making assumptions. And so if I could give a shot list of who I'm doing at the same time, I could prepare for it. But I, you're not giving me time to prepare for it. I don't give anyone anything. Nobody gets a I... shot list. I'm Ow. drunk with power. Ow, Branson. Ow. <laughs> That's right. I crack a whip across your face. Ah! Die! We cut back. Was there a man standing in the corner? Anyway, doesn't anyone want to know why I don't have any questions? 
Sure. Uh, oh. Sure. Yes, of course. The etiquette police are very welcome at the church. Like Tommy, I have a bit of a history with them, but I also think goodness is goodness. So I just wanted to say I'm I'm in the same boat as Tommy here. I have the same feelings, and I wanted to express that here to the room before we get out there in the wild. So just to double check everyone's loaded up philosophy here, you're pro-etiquette? Pro-goodness. Pro-goodness. But yes. you would say that this is goodness taken too far, and this is an extremist who must be brought down? Yes, exactly. Uh, agree. Okay, great. Very playable. Right. Let's do this. I just think she has a great look, and I hope she picks me up and someone takes a picture. But, Angica, anyone except for that sweet little puppy dog of yours, if they pick you up, they may be victim to your madness. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> oh, like a trick. <laughs> That's the smartest sword I know. <laughs> okay, you guys are a parallel laughs, but get out there uh, and, br- and, and bring this lady to justice, okay? There's a lot of gold riding on it for you. Oh, yeah, money. Love oh, it. She, she was last seen downtown. I should let you know that you're going to want to go downtown. Go ahead, puppy dog. Near, near anywhere in particular, the big one, the medium one, statue to... Uh... Intricate world building. The statue to intricate world building? Yeah, she was last seen in the shadow of the statue to intricate world building. Okay, okay, that's a good lead. That's a good lead, guys. But remember, be on your best manners, or it's certain death for all of you. Yeah, yeah. I've never had any trouble with that. And as he says that, Moose takes a toothpick out of his mouth and flicks it on the ground. Oh, boy. Moose! No! Oh, she's not here yet. We got a lot of work to do. Everyone, I'm putting you through etiquette school right now. (laughs) We got to train you all before you so you don't get killed. Here, forks go here. Knives go here. They are, uh, uh, two cups, one for one. Okay, one so we're going to get like 30 seconds of Sweet Georgia Brown playing. Tim, what do we see as you train them? Um, first, I show them how to set a table, and then I show them how to set the table uh, for a higher class um, of people, and then I show them how to set a table for an even higher class of people. Um, after that, um, I sort of uh, take them around to show them uh, 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 dancing, like debutante dancing, uh-huh. uh, uh, um, ballroom dancing, I suppose. Um, uh, then I, I practice normal shaking hands. I'm sh- each one shakes hands normally, because um, everyone shakes hands differently in this world, and so I'm, I'm showing them that. Um, uh, then I am... Uh, uh, I'm rolling dice uh, on the ground and then smashing the dice and going, no, 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 we don't gamble with them. No, no, no. Uh, um, and then uh, I'm, I'm cleaning. I'm, I'm showing the, I'm, I'm cleaning shoes. I'm cleaning shoes for them. Um, any other pictures here? What else can we do? Uh, Ejika's dog is chewing on its butt the entire time. Uh, Neil is opening a door and holding it open for Jonathan Large and gesturing like, please go ahead and go through. No, no, after you. Moose is sitting at the table set for a fancy dinner, and he's taking the salad fork, and he's cleaning a shoe with it. We got a lot of work to do, but not a lot of time. We cut now to downtown. It's downtown, baby. You know it. If you've ever seen it, you know it. The bright lights, the big city, 
The wet puddles, the tourists everywhere, tall buildings as far as the eye can see. Our heroes stand in the center of downtown, in the long shadow of the statue to intricate world building. There's a statue of an incredibly hot DM flexing. His (laughs) muscles are huge. (laughs) Everybody's hot in the show. Jonathan Large takes in the in the uh, the scene of all the tourists and all the hustle and bustle, and he thinks, "All right, we're either gonna wanna check out the least polite-looking person around here, or the most, for a clue. Why don't we just set a trap?" Oh, and Moose takes out another toothpick that had been in his mouth, and he throws it into the street. Three blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> Lacey Polite hears a toothpick hit the ground. She mutters she's in the middle of a heated conversation with her father, Fabrizio Polite. (laughs) But she's bothered. She's stirred. She mutters to herself involuntarily. Hey, Lacey, what's the car you so distracted? I'm sorry, father. That's littering, I hear. Oh, no, that's one of the main things you hate. I know, father. I have to go. Will you stay here? Will you stay here and wait for me? I would stay here, but I warn you, nobody makes Fabrizio Polite wait for too long. You know, I'm a sunglasses tycoon slash finishing school owner, and I'm a a big shot in this world. Nobody makes Fabrizio wait. They don't let you rent a building and they uh, rent an office in the medium-sized building for nothing, Father, do they? (laughs) That's right. Nobody boss me around. All right. (laughs) Let's say a proper goodbye. Uh, and then uh, Lacey leans in and, and kisses Fabrizio on the mouth. <laughs> wow. And uh, that's a proper polite goodbye between a father and a daughter. You don't got to tell me twice. I love you and I respect you and I will come back alive. See you shortly. Oh, my God. <laughs> such a warm relationship. <laughs> Lacey struts down uh, the three blocks, wondering... Who dared uh, drop a toothpick (laughs) within earshot? Because she can hear a full country mile in any direction. (laughs) She's vexed, but as she approaches the the toothpick, she she hears a a stirring in one of her many billowing pockets. It's her her pet lizard, uh, whose (laughs) whose name is... Sorry, I have to go to my (laughs) list of Italian names I have. (laughs) I closed it. On Italy.tourism. <laughs> Dot names. Yeah. Names for beautifulbabies.com. You don't know what color you better be, you know, you go to this website. She pulls a beautiful, uh, a beautiful, surprisingly large talking lizard uh, out of one of her pockets. His name is Giovanni. Uh, uh, she consults with him as she consults with him uh, b- before doing most things. She says, Giovanni... Did you hear what I heard? Ah, that's right. I heard the same thing you heard. Lacey, I heard somebody throw a a toothpick on the ground. Uh, 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 It was bad. Mm. It was very bad. There's there's a crisis of manners going on in this town. But I I suspect that this could be bait. As she, uh, she's finally walked the three blocks. And she stands. Uh, There's an incredible shot that's cut... Two seconds too soon for some reason. <laughs> just as the light is about to hit her just right, it, it 
cuts away, and people are <laughs> there's listicles about it for for decades. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdest cuts in non-visual pl- podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven will shock you. <laughs> Moose is arguing with Tommy. He's saying, Tommy, you say you're the most lonesome man in the world, but uh, I asked you to hang out last week and you said you were busy. I was busy considering the moon. It all there up alone like me. Perhaps if she were down here and I were up there, I'd have somebody to talk to. Who? The moon. But you just but said she'd you be down here. places, exactly. Oh, you say, oh, I see what you're saying. You believe my request was a request to switch places with the moon. That's probably what she thought, Because you too. said so. That's, that's what, what you said, said Tommy. That's what you said. Is that really what I said? Yes. Yeah, yeah dude. This is why, once again, I can't even communicate well. I'm the most lonesome man on earth. <laughs> he fucking got it. He landed that one. <laughs> huh? Y'all see that? Something... Thrown this way. Everyone, make a perception roll. <gasps> Gladly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the game. <laughs> I got a 16. Okay. I got a 19. Okay. I got an 18. Okay. I got a 14. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone but Jonathan. Huh? You oh, see, never mind. Standing very close to you, Lacey Polite. <gasps> There's the bounty. Uh, Lacey's holding a toothpick and looking around sternly, trying to clock who fucking did it. <laughs> um, Ejika's dog trots up to Lacey, uh, wagging his tail. Lacey involuntarily uh, shudders and seems to want to kick the dog, but knows, <laughs> knows it wouldn't be right. She looks to the dog and says, now you should be inside, and you know that. <laughs> oh, he doesn't know anything. Oh my God, Lacey uh, realizes that the dog—it's not the dog talking to her, uh, but Ejika. That's right, you've surmised. I can see in your eyes that you've opened up to the horrible possibility that you are talking to metal. Here I am. There's well, there's no, there's no rule against talking to metal. There's many rules against having a dog outside the home. First of all, it's disgusting. Second of all, it spreads disease. Uh, and third of all, dogs are famously unpleasant. I don't like being around them. I don't like being close to them. So if you wouldn't mind, just uh, who, whoever's uh, carrying you, could you just have them step off? If you wouldn't mind, thank you. I, I actually think what you said is very rude. You've insulted my puppy dog. Well, actually, I, 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 I'm the one who decides what's uh, rude and what's kind. <laughs> and I think you'll know that what I did was just completely within the bounds of what is considered societally acceptable in this area. So if your dog would please get the fuck away from me, that would be, that would be wonderful. Thank you Ma'am, so much. I'm afraid, but in the polite child's guide to life, it says that to never insult a person's pet to their face, no matter how rude or mistreated or mis... Uh, Guided the pet may be. A pet is an extension of a person themselves, and we must all respect someone's ability to fail their animal. <laughs> As if reading from a book. Wow. Lacey steps towards Tommy, a flicker of recognition in her eyes. And immediately fires back. Well, that would depend on the person you're showing respect having a face, wouldn't it? 
an eyeball. Doesn't count as a face. Check the appendix. <laughs> Edgica, she's right. <laughs> the appendix does stay. Well, since since you seem an intelligent person, you we all disagree on these little. On sometimes there are uh, uh, reasons to dispute etiquette. We might all say that we are on the same side as you. We too have seen this toothpick on the ground. We're trying to find out who on earth could be littering like that. Perhaps you could help us put, put your brains with ours and help us find them. Uh, not not to be uh, you know presumptuous or, or impolite. Uh, how do you know what I've come here to do? It's a little impolite. I have to admit that's a little impolite. I would agree. I'm afraid I'm using context clues, which you may quibble with at your leisure. The way you hold that toothpick up in the air. The way you sniff around as you're trying to catch its scent, though with your eyes and your sort of posture. Tim, this is a pretty good... This is legitimately... This is a pretty good save, but you are legitimately caught in a lie. I need you to make a deception roll. (sighs) Okay. Mm. (laughs) Um, That's a three. (laughs) <laughs> Lacey, you know what to do with a three. With all due respect, that's complete and total bullshit, and you know it. <laughs> You've got a real mouth on you, sister. Yeah, you're cursing a lot. I make the rules, all right? <laughs> I make the rules, I write the rules, and rule number one is I don't got to follow them. <laughs> oh, see, now I'm back around to liking you. <laughs> Thank you so much, and you're right to do it. Now... I've come here to find who has discarded this toothpick in the middle of this carefully cared for public road. Now, I, 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 just by looking around, uh, there's no one else within range who could have done it. And I find that littering perpetrators tend to linger at the scene. So I suspect it's one of you. <laughs> what are we standing around talking for? Tommy, lasso your tongue. Moose. One day, if we ever become friends, I'm going to remember this moment. Well, I guess I'll remember it no matter what. But if one day we do become friends, I'll be sure to tell you about it. I thought we already were. Tommy opens his mouth and out falls his tongue, already wound up like a theater cable. It's his lasso. He lassos it over his head. One, two, three, throws it around uh, um, Lacey Polite. What is a theater cable? You know, why like, isn't a lasso a, a, an effective enough visual? <laughs> I want to make sure people can see like this the circle of it. You know, maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm uh, not respecting the listener. Tim caters <laughs> to a very urban and suburban audience. They don't know the rural life of a cowboy. They don't know what a lasso is. It's also a different kind of slap as it as it hits the floor. The theater that's true. cable. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Tim is casting a wide net. I'm on Tim's side here. He wants he wants theater kids. To, which should be the bread and butter of a podcast like this to know what's <laughs> yeah. going on. You mean like a microphone cable? Yeah, but, but I find microphones can be found in any theater, uh, <laughs> theatrical or uh, theatrical or 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 musical. Oh, really, Tim? Operating? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> hey, Lacey. While they debate what Tim said, can you make a dexterity saving throw for me? <gasps> yes. Oh, yes. A four. A four. Unfortunately, you feel that lasso tongue go right around your shoulders. He's got you. Tommy Whistle starts uh, uh, tugging, pulling her back, and then uh, 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 trying to uh, uh, pull her like a a cattle tied around the legs up to the rest of the group. 
Now, sir, you haven't even told me what your name is yet. I'm a whistle, ma'am. Pleasure to meet your acquaintance. <laughs> she can barely make out what he said due to being uh, completely strangled by his tongue, but she nods and appreciates the gesture nonetheless. Uh, she, she struggles, uh, but then, fortunately, her, her, her pet lizard is uh, on her shoulder and at the ready to help out. Giovanni, at the ready, uh, uh, jumps onto her shoulder, parrot style, and then leaps at uh, Tommy Whistle's face, saying, Howdy, you son of a bitch, I'm gonna get you. Ha, ha, damn, damn, I ain't son of no one. I ain't son of no one. He attacks you. Uh, he, he jumps onto your face, Tommy Whistle, makes an attack roll. Oh, and he lands. He lands on your face, and he bites down hard on your nose. Okay, so that's a sensitive spot for Tommy Whistle. And so at the bite, his uh, uh, his tongue sort of like, uh, um, you know when you get pinched and your body gets all tense? That happens to his tongue. And when his tongue gets tense, it gets long. Not lasso wrapped up, but straight line, like a uh, measuring thing. Oh, like those slap bracelets. Yes, Ooh. but when the but pre-slap. Um, <laughs> So, which means Lacey is now uh, completely free. The tongue goes straight, ah, get it off me, get it off me, and the tongue flies back into his mouth. The momentum of it, uh, like measuring tape, just like slamming back into your mouth, throws Giovanni from your nose, and he lands back on Lacey's shoulder. Moose watches this and looks at Lacey and says, ma'am, that pet should really be left inside. And uh, uh, Lacey is too distracted uh, because she knows that the most important thing to do in this moment is to thank Giovanni for his loyal service. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she turns to Giovanni and she says, Giovanni, thank you so much. And uh, gives him the traditional thanks, which is a very long kiss on the mouth. <laughs> Giovanni kisses her back. He's, You're so welcome. And then he turns into Moose. He makes uh, like a, he has a shit-eating grin on his face. He goes, and that's the real manners. Real manners is how two people reach out to each other and show respect. It's not a trap to trap people in. You disgust me. And he spits on the ground. This is rare, but Moose is like... Moose is like, uh, his mouth is agape and he's white as a sheet. <gasps> After just watching what he just watched. That's right. Welcome to polite society. I think you're both freaks. I'm not saying it in a bad way, but I do. I think you're you're aware you're a freak, right? Both of you? That I'm a freak. And that my, my pet lizard, Giovanni, is a freak. You just made face love to a lizard. And you're accusing me of this in a public forum. Absolutely! Oh, 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 oh you're, gonna, you're gonna make us so mad. You make a big mistake, a sword. Well, come at me then, you Italian bitch. <laughs> now listen, there are many uh, proper places to call someone a bitch. The street can be one. It's known that it's extremely rude to call anyone a bitch in a public forum before 10 p.m. after that completely fair game, no matter indoor, <laughs> outdoor, two family extramarital. It's all fair game. Everyone's a bitch after 10 p.m. That's rule number two after it's rule number one, which is the rules don't apply to me, bitch. <gasps> you just... Oh! And um, Edgica's dog is going to charge at Lacey. Make an attack roll. Ooh. 18. 18 is gonna be enough. Edgica and her dog race towards Lacey and they swipe upwards, connecting with her torso. 
Lacey is uh, canonically a triple black belt, and it's also built into uh, her outfit in that she has them sort of just tied around her intermittently as if it's a, a confusing fashion statement. Uh, she pulls one of the black belts from around her torso and immediately whacks it outwards to fend off the oncoming attack. Lacey, can you make a dexterity roll to see if you're able to do this? Yes. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Unfortunately, Lacey, as you do this, uh, you, you try, to, you try to, uh, to deflect the blow with your black belt and instead, ultra symbolically, the black belt is cut in half. <laughs> Uh, am, I, am I hit, or can I talk shit to the dog? You can talk <laughs> shit to the dog, but your belt, your your prized black belt has been cut in half. There's two more where that came from, no worries. <laughs> the dog uh, the dog and Ejika land anime style behind you. Oh, uh, Lacey turns, casting uh, Giovanni off for his own safety. She may need him later. Uh, ah! <laughs> and she lunges for the sword but before she does so uh, before she, she lunges for Ejika she uh, apologizes because it's very rude to steal someone's property uh, most especially if that property is uh, their own body <laughs> however in emergencies uh, it's important <laughs> she's got to roll for everything <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, so can you make an attack roll on uh, on the sword to try to to try to grab the sword? A nine. Nine is good. You're I'm so you're you're rolling like shit. Uh, it's not, <laughs> Whoa! You lunge for the sword and you don't make it. This dog moves fast. This dog is it's it's zigging when you think it's gonna zag. You don't know what this dog is unpredictable and it jerks away and you're unable to get the sword. Lacey's trying to keep herself under control, but she's getting pretty pissed off. <laughs> she, uh, she's, she screams uncharacteristically. This is why dogs don't belong outside. They beat me in fights. <laughs> <laughs> the dog prances away jauntily. Neil, Neil, I've seen you. I see you studying, studying Lacey, trying to connect to her. Uh, what other polite people have made confessions in your church? What have you perceived that we can stop her with? Uh, yeah, how do we stop her? <laughs> um, and the cameraman pans over to where Neil was, and she's gone. Uh, and then the cameraman's, like, zooming in and out around the square trying to find her. He knows he's on thin ice. <laughs> he's fucking... Strike two has already happened. So he's, like, looking around and then starts panning up, up up the mid-sized oh. skyscraper and up and <gasps> up to the very corner where she sits with a plan. A hawk's nest just next to her on the top of the building is full of eggs. She grabs one. This mother hawk doesn't need three babies. <laughs> <laughs> And she takes the egg. That's practically greedy. <laughs> and she tosses it down at Lacey Polite's head. Uh, make a dexterity roll. That's going to be, there's going to need some real accuracy on this one. 
Okay. The mother hawk shrugs her shoulders and says, honestly, it's a relief. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks at the camera and she's like, you have no space to do. I am a single hawk mother. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> and I will say Neil also kind of read that. So like <laughs> she knew she knew what she yeah. was getting into. Um, so I got a 12. You got a 12? Yeah. It splats on the ground right in front of Lacey Polite. Okay. There's two more. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> You know, this mother hawk might not be infinitely patient. This might not be her first brood. We don't know. There's no way to know. Sorry, a quick question. Is uh, uh, abortion legalized in the hawk community here? <laughs> oh, of course. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. They, they strike me as a progressive raptor. Okay, mm-hmm. just checking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, interesting. This is changing uh, my... Neil's thoughts on this a little bit. Um, Neil's realizing this actually is an attempt to be very not polite to Lacey Polite. She's actually being even less polite to this mother hawk who's losing her children. <laughs> she places the second egg back down and she jumps herself off yes. the building. Um, limbs splayed. As if she has like a diving suit or like one of those like um, flying squirrel suits, but yes. she doesn't. So she's kind of just flying hard and fast, also at Lacey Polite's head. Make an attack roll on Lacey Polite. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I got a 16, which I feel like is pretty good. Fuck. Lacey, because you are trained in martial arts, I'm going to give you a chance to make a dexterity saving throw. Here, I'm gonna give you the opportunity, but you gotta beat a 16. Okay, uh, so I, I don't see this attack coming at all because I'm so uh, distracted by uh, the, the little hawk before me. Uh, just days before it, it was set to be born, it, it's writhing around trying to state its government name to me, but I turn around <laughs> and Neil is hurtling towards me. Uh, and unfortunately, I, I get a four. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Neil connects with you, and Lacey, it's lights out. And we're going to take a break right there. Wow! Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Lacey, you open your eyes. It's hazy. You've got a headache the size of the muscles on the Piss Harbor Monument to Intricate World Building. Slowly, everything around you comes into focus and you see you're in a romantically lit room. Why, three entire cars could fit in here, if only they existed. Yes, yes, of course, this is a garage. You see two blurry figures before you. As your eyes completely adjust, you see... (gasps) 
Giovanni is tied up like Hannibal Lecter inside of a pet carrier that was obviously intended for a cat. The indignity. <laughs> You're tied to a chair in the middle of the room. Now, gentlemen, it's always polite to ask a lady before you fasten her to a piece of furniture. <laughs> <laughs> She's awake. That's just, that's rule number one in the polite guide to tantric sex. <laughs> <laughs> That might be that might be a, uh, where the confusion is coming from, Lacey. We're not having tantric sex. Well, yes, of course you would have uh, asked for consent if I would have consented to, and I would have, and I would have. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Agreed. We know that even the most polite and buttoned up like to let loose with rules. That's why tantric sex is the most ruled stop I've ever heard. Welcome, uh, glad you're awake. We're going to be watching you before our bounty opens in the morning, so we'll do whatever we can to make you comfortable. Tantric sex is the most is the most ruled stop you've ever heard? Ruled. Ruled, like many rules in tantric sex. That is the correct way to say it. Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, Moose. Moose, we don't know each other very well, but do you know a different, um, do you know a type of sex with more rules? Um, oh, I, I, uh, uh, no. <laughs> Moose, I've never seen you blush. I've just never, I don't think about sex as being, like, a, a ruled domain so much. I just sort of, like, go with what feels good, you know? Well, you clearly haven't read the book. Rule number two is never go with what feels good. <laughs> <laughs> I follow the I follow the golden rule of sex. Reading books about sex is uncool. <laughs> Moose, ain't that the truth? Uh, sometimes I forget. Sometimes, Lacey, your system of the appropriate I find compelling, but I left for a reason. And Moose's attitude seems more convincing right now. Go with the flow and see what happens. As long as you're respectful to everyone, I want what you're going to flow with. Well, see, when, when I went with the flow today, I ended up what appears to be uh, incarcerated, and I do believe it is uh, the first rule of the polite guide to incarcerating someone for life to inform the incarcerated for which they have been arrested for. I don't believe I know what law I have violated other than being hit in the head by what I perceive to be a flying squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> You're not arrested. Great news, you're not arrested. All right, thank you for informing me. You you have been hunted. We're bounty hunters, and you've been hunted. Oh, okay. okay. So I, you know, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna turn you over in exchange for, I'll admit, a lot of money, and then whoever hired us is going to do whatever they want with you, basically. Whoever hired I, you. Whoever yeah. hired you. Now. Moose, I feel I know the answer to this question, but have you read a little book called The Polite Guide to Bounty Hunting? Lacey, this might not surprise you, but no. That's a trick question. It doesn't exist. I'm still working on it. <laughs> it's a little impolite to ask a trick question. Yes, please. Oh, wait, were you going to ask me a trick question? No, you just, you asked me. I asked, you asked a, trick me a trick question. Yeah, the rules don't apply to me. But if you read The Polite Guide to Trick Questions, it's a very <sighs> short book. The first and last rule is, they rock. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy gets in the middle of them. Moose, Moose, stop it, stop it. She's, 
playing you. She's trying to get you so angry you'll do something you regret. That's why all the trick questions. She knows that you're. She knows it will blow your top off. She's playing mind games with us. The polite always play mind games. They say what they don't mean and mean what they don't say. No, she, it won't happen. I don't have a temper. Lacey <laughs> observes the dynamic between these two men, knowing that <laughs> friendships between men are fraught and they'd never admit to having them. <laughs> she goes in. Tommy, I, I apologize for making you uncomfortable with the way I was talking to your good friend Moose. He ain't my friend. He my co-worker. I don't got any friends. I'm the most lonesome man in the world. Now, see, I did think of us as friends until he started really doubling down on not being friends. Well, we're, we're, we're affectionate co-workers, and yes, we're even peers. But friendship is about something else. No one gets close to Tom Whistle. No one ever has, and no one ever will. Uh, right behind Tommy Whistle is Neil. Oh, Neil! Moose. Tommy, you're relieved. Go get some sleep. Sounds like you've been yelling and you look emotional. As Neil says that, Tommy realizes that his hand is on his cowboy gun. Revolver, if you will. And realizing, Well done, Lacey. You're lucky I got replaced. You were in trouble for a second. Were you going to shoot one of us because I called you my friend? I was going to shoot you for calling me me your friend. It's all because of the mind game. It's because of the mind game she's playing. Go to bed. Uh, You're right. I'll need some sleep. Ma'am? Ma'am? Sir? (laughs) Well gendered. (laughs) As Moose walks past Neil, he turns turns to face her and he says, Don't let this one slip through your fingers. This is a good bounty for us. I won't. You better not. Okay. Statue. Go to bed, Moose. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Moose, that was very rude. <laughs> Thank you. You don't know my history with statues, okay? Moose, come on. All right, all right. Someday you're going to tell me, Moose, but right now you're going to go to bed. <laughs> okay, Neil, okay, okay, we're all going go to, to bed. Go to bed! Okay, Neil, we heard you. Good night! Moose, ah! <laughs> my peers. As you leave the... Uh, the- the makeshift prisoner's chamber, you see Jonathan Large uh, smoothing out uh, quilts on cots that he set up in the garage. Uh, Here you go, boys. Sweet dreams. We'll make you strong in the morning. Thank you, Jonathan. Be careful with that one. You're very welcome. Something I do for all my friends. We are not. We are not. Go to bed! Nail! 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 Where'd you? Uh, And Jonathan clops off to join Neil. All right, Jonathan. It's down to us. I'm just impressed we left all these candles lit and this place didn't burn down. (laughs) You do seem to have a bit of a habit when it comes to accidentally spreading too much flame. What can I say? It's the hellfire behind my eyes and in my heart and in my soul and fueling my drive and motivation. That's so neat. I love that. And the regular fire that I light my cigarettes with. What? (laughs) Oh, that's so neat. I love how passionate you are. And I love how uh, thoughtful you are, Jonathan. Thank you. I've been really thinking a lot about what it means to be polite. And he looks at Lacey. 
pointedly. <gasps> Lacey's carefully observing this dynamic, remembering the long night she spent drafting the polite guide to sexual tension between people <laughs> nearby who aren't technically talking to you. <laughs> she wants to discuss it further, but she can't take her eyes off of Neil, noticing and, and remembering the last thing she felt before she woke up in, in this room that is really evoking the basement of the 2004 Phantom of the Opera movie. <laughs> <laughs> she looks over to Neil. Now, I hope I'm not. Uh, I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here. But did you happen to jump off a building in an attempt to assault me? It was not an attempt. I succeeded. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Lacey nods. She's met her match. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Neil, in an attempt to sort of like coolly end the conversation, turns fully back to Jonathan Large, exposing her like little vanity wings to Lacey Polite. And Lacey can see that the vanity wings are sort of like, oh, they're kind of like flapping really hard with obvious anxiety. Lacey looks to the vanity wings, notices Neil's anxiety, looks over to the large analog clock in the corner and notices that it's around 10.20 at night. You wouldn't. She's in the clear. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! <laughs> she looks over to Neil and says calmly, Okay, bitch, let's talk. <laughs> uh, uh, and then in, in slow motion... Neil turns and the fire in her eyes is no longer just sort of metaphorical. It becomes uh, like visible. She's so inflamed. Um, and she turns fully and she says, hold me back. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Jonathan uh, lays two gigantic uh, human hands on, uh, on Neil's shoulders. Yeah. Time catches up with them, and she is, like, swinging, nope. and she's furious because hey, no. she was called the B-word, but Jonathan, know. like, has her. Mm, it's an insult. It's, it's not, in my book, it's not polite to say anytime. From inside of the uh, of the cat carrier, you hear, uh, Oh, Lacey, uh, see how quickly they default to putting their hands on each other. Oh, the sexual tension. You could cut it with a knife. I set them up and they fell right into it. Lacey uh, wriggles her arm and is able to reach one of the higher up. It's a pretty high-waisted billowing skirt, uh, which I should have said earlier. There's something (laughs) rustling in in one of the pockets. And she manages to, to coax it out. And it's that little baby hawk. From early oh, on, no. it made it, and she, <laughs> oh. and she managed to pocket it just moments before being knocked out uh, by Neil. She looks at Neil in her fiery eyes. She looks at Jonathan, uh, grasping Neil a little too tightly uh, for polite society, and says, "I'm sorry. I don't think I don't think we met. What was your What was your name again?" Neil freezes as the hawk is exposed and her eyes, there's like a hissing sound as if water is hitting 
the fire and there's like a gentle smoking out of her eyes. She says, my name is Neil, like Neil before God. Lacey looks to the hawk, consulting it, looks over to Giovanni the lizard, who knows exactly what she's about to fucking say. He nods knowingly. <laughs> oh, you imported now. <laughs> what could be worse than the B word? Well, Neil, there's uh, this baby hawk would have loved to kneel before God. Her name is Denise. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. And she just so happens uh, to to be to have just as much of a. <laughs> she's becoming really uh, pro life. Okay. Um, <laughs> Politely pro life. Okay. This hawk uh, never got a chance to fly because you tried to kill me with her, and now <laughs> she has just as much of a bone to pick with you as I do myself, Neil. How do you feel about that? Neil sort of. Uh, uh, slumps, and Jonathan can feel there's no longer resistance. Neil pulling forward. Oh, be released! <laughs> I feel bad. Uh, Denise, uh, the hawk hops out of my uh, out of Lacey's hand and lands on Neil's shoulder ever so gently. <gasps> wow, life is so beautiful and so fragile. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, that is so true. That is so true. Jonathan's like clopping around. Like you really like connected him back to his roots in the woods. He's oh boy. Oh yeah. And Denise is not the first hawk to land on Neil's shoulder and a montage of the thousand years that she stood sentinel over the cathedral where she listened to confessions of evil men. Hawk after hawk shared that time with her, listened with her, and spent it with her. And she feels devastated that she forsook her sky creature friends. She feels the need to un untie Lacey and be forgiven. <gasps> she steps forward. Uh, the camera, finally on the ball, finds... <laughs> The, finds a, we find a long shot as a paw enters frame. And you hear Ejika say, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I, I have to. Don't you understand? No, I don't. She's making sense. Uh, as, as if all at once, Lacey's spell sort of wears off and you're all snapped back to reality. And the, uh, <laughs> the realization of what you're supposed to be doing here hits you hard. Ugh. Ejika and the dog walk closer. You see... You use that baby hawk as a weapon. And I, above all, know that a loving gesture is to grasp a weapon, feel its power coursing through you, and strike. And her eye darts to Lacey and makes penetrating eye contact with her. I bet you can't even imagine the power you would wield if we were together. Lacey considers it. Looking away from Edrica's eyeball, knowing it's impolite for women to make eye contact for more than two seconds at a time. That's rule number 43. <laughs> she considers it and then decides to pay Edrica a compliment, thinking that there may be some allyship between them. You know, I apologize for speaking to you the way I did earlier. And I really appreciate that you brought that filthy beast inside. 
Ejika understands this is a compliment. We cut now over to the cots where uh, where Moose and, and Tommy Whistle are supposed to be sleeping. Moose lifts his head with sleeping cap donned and and turns over to Tommy Whistle, who's right next to him, and says, Hey, hey, Tommy. Yeah? You don't think there's any danger of them, like, letting Lacey go, do you? No, nah, we already told them to have their wits with them because she's trying to turn them against each other. It would be impolite if they didn't listen to our warning. Thanks for reassuring me. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. <laughs> we cut back. The dog is creeping closer to Lacey until he reaches her feet and lays Ejika down. Lacey looks down at Ejika, sensing uh, that this may be her way of getting out. She makes eye contact fleetingly with Giovanni the lizard, who uh, flits his tongue encouragingly in the sexual way that she's been taught is appropriate. (laughs) She trains him sexually. He nods. (laughs) You can hear Ejika's voice inside your mind. Just one swipe. Lacey gulps. She doesn't want to be taken. But she looks down and says to Edgica, deferentially, No, I, I hate to be forward, but I, I wouldn't mind maybe if, if you... May, I guess what I'm saying, it, it, <laughs> may, I, may I hold you? You want to hold me? Respectfully, yes. Yes, I do. Look in your hand. You already are. Oh, my God. Lacey, make a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> okay. Oh, my. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Five. Five. <laughs> are you crumbles? <laughs> Jamie, are you? Is it a D20? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Just rolling like shit. <laughs> oh, no. Lacey, the madness of Edgica takes over. Uh, the world melts away around you. Giovanni melts away. Denise, the baby hawk, melts away. And all of, all of reality is the sword that you're clutching in your hand. Carly, what is she hearing whispering in her head? She is hearing the of her daddy saying goodbye. She is hearing the rustling of wind turning her her skirts into shreds until they suddenly look like icy fire billowing behind her. It's as if everything around her is a rush of streaming water. We cut now to the uh, the cot room where Moose, Tommy, Jonathan Large, and Neil are all bundled up like uh, sleeping little seven dwarves. Four dwarves, though. Uh, they've all got their sleeping caps on. Uh, there's a little candle on a little candlestick. Uh, everyone's, everyone's in sleepy time mode. Uh, Z's dance above our heads. And then a horrifying shadow is in the doorway as you see an incredibly beautiful, uh, an absolutely stunning, uh, polite elf stands in the doorway clutching Ejika. Ejika has completely taken over Lacey. She's lost all sense of what's real and what's not, what's nice and what isn't. She's no longer uh, wearing her billowing skirt. It's much shorter now, and she looks like a dumb slut. (laughs) (laughs) No! No! Can we take it back? Can we take it back? We have to play it this way, Tim. No! Grow up! The scariest thing of all. (laughs) (laughs) It's too hot. (laughs) <laughs> she she holds Ejika above her head 
and says uh, about like just slightly lower than she normally would. Uh, who's who's first? first? Jonathan leaps up, uh, awakened by the by uh, just someone talking in a room. He's a very light sleeper. Who's? I'm trying to. Oh, but that and you. Oh, <laughs> Edgica, I see. Um, you're driving her insane. Very good. I trust you. And uh, and Jonathan lies back down. Okay, it seems like Jonathan has offered himself at the altar. He is first. What? Uh, holding Edgica, uh, Lacey uh, lunges toward Jonathan uh, with with Edgica the sword. Uh, but just before she she uh, tries to slice through him. Uh, Giovanni the lizard uh, hops onto her shoulder, not wanting to be left out of the action. Uh, yeah, I want to be a part of it when you murder these four people. <laughs> and then she goes in for the kill. Make an attack roll on the, the absolutely helpless Jonathan Large. All right, let's see. 14. That hits. Ugh. You see blood and like a mile of gut spill out of the horse bottom of this guy. What? No. Edgica. We're friends. Lacey and, Giov- <laughs> Lacey and Giovanni do uh, take action on one of the, the, uh, the appendices of the polite guide to combat with your assumed friends. <laughs> they uh, they stick their tongues out and let the blood rush onto the tongues, sipping on uh, on his corpse. Oh yeah, that's a, some good blood. That's a, some great uh, typo negative. Giovanni takes out a plate of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't dress your pasta in my blood. It's like so much tomato sauce. That's the red sauce <laughs> on my pasta. Um, this sound has woken up Tommy Whistle. He jumps He jumps out of his cot uh, wearing his full uh, onesie of Snoopy pajamas. Um, and he he jumps back against the wall. <laughs> Tommy Whistle, was it? Indeed. But I ain't gonna be as easy as my friend. I know what you're coming for. And he takes out his revolver. You fool. I'll play Russian roulette every night, so I always got a bullet in the holster. Now back off. It's demented. He holds the revolver straight at Lacey's head, and with his back against the wall, he fires. It's it's a click. He fires again. It's a click. Fire, 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 fire. This is my last one, so it should be it should be it. Fire. It's a click. But where where's the last bullet? Where's my last bullet? Tommy, you turn now to a still sleeping moose. And you see, clutched in his little sleepy hands, is a single bullet. He took it out of your gun to protect his... friend? See, this is why I got be lonesome. Anyone who becomes friends with me, kills me. Lacey takes advantage of uh, Tommy's raw emotions and sicks Giovanni into Moose's hand, who takes both the bullet and the gun, returning it to Lacey. <laughs> I'm so fast. Uh, Miss Polite, there must be a misunderstanding. Maybe we can come get some kind of arrangement. Lacey looks uh, outside the window. Wow, a full moon tonight. The only thing that Tommy ever said was his real friend. She loads the bullet into the gun, cocks it at Tommy's head. Tommy, any chance you'd like to say g- goodbye to your real friend? 
the moon? We actually never really got a chance to make an acquaintance. I always sort of hoped we would, though. And by killing me, you're killing the opportunity for the moon ever to have a friend like me. Please, please, you don't have to do this. He gets on his knees. It's pathetic. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Look at you, Tommy, kneeling before God. <laughs> she, uh, she, she, she pulls the trigger. She takes him out of his misery. Boom! It does 700 damage on Tommy. <laughs> Good night, Tommy. <laughs> it doesn't do it to Tommy, though, because Moose leaps in front of the bullet. He was awakened when Giovanni took the bullet out of his hands. And in those few moments as the bullets were being loaded, he roused himself and then got between Tommy and and the fatal shot. No! Moose, any last words? I never had tantric. Oh. He's gone. Moose explodes. Tantric what? <laughs> Tommy leans over the exploded guts of Moose, his back now to Lacey. No, please, you see, this is why I shouldn't have been your friend. Ma, this is why I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's not even noticing. What's happening behind him? Lacey, uh, frustrated that she didn't take him out on the first uh, on the, on the first one because he is the most familiar with her work and therefore the most difficult to take out, uh, tries to take advantage of Tommy once again. She's got her nunchucks back. She gets him by the throat. She asks, Tommy, you know what a real friend would do? And now you never will. She twists. He dies. <laughs> it's just Lacey, Giovanni, and Neil now. Neil stirs an extremely heavy sleeper. She is slow to wake. Did somebody say Neil before God? And she blinks cutely. And looks up to whoever is standing immediately over her cot. It's Lacey. Uh, and oh. she's. It's <laughs> <laughs> Lacey, idiot. Obviously. Yeah. Who did you fucking think it was? <laughs> it's obviously Lacey, given who's still alive in the room. <laughs> and, and she's holding a weapon she hoped she would never have to use. The offending toothpick that started this whole terrible, uh, this whole terrible affair. She holds no. it so closely to Neil's eyeball and watches no. Neil tremble. Not, not my eyeball. No, <laughs> please. Why, Lacey? None of this is polite. As I said, Neil, the rules don't apply to me, and I find that justice is the kindest thing of all. Denise the bird lands on Lacey's shoulder and hops down onto Neil, uh, positioning her beak at Neil's other eye. Oh, no. She opens her mouth and says, Denise! (laughs) (laughs) Neil, I'm going to give you a choice. What? Would you like... Me to pluck your eye out like a little olive at a fancy and polite dinner party? Or would you like to give the honors to Denise? <laughs> um, is there a third option? Too late. They go for both. <laughs> Denise! Uh- <laughs> Denise is going at it. 
Uh, as as both eyes are punctured, holy water just pours out of them. And in her last moments, Neil says, "Wait a minute, you're the b," and then dies. <laughs> Lacey shakes her head, uh, placing one of Neil's uh, hard eyeballs onto onto the onto the edge of of Ejica, uh, and says. Uh, bitch, it's before 10 o'clock. <laughs> and Lacey, you hear a strange voice, one you've never heard before. It sounds like it's coming from down a hallway. It said there's a lot of echo and reverb on it. It's, it's, you can't quite place this voice as you hear, damn shame. Damn shame what happened to this one. She had so much potential. And we cut now. Uh, we zoom <gasps> into your eye and we zoom back out of your eye. And we're in reality now. You are in the same room uh, you were always in. You are still in the garage. Uh, you are still tied to the chair. And you are clutching uh, Ejica in your hands. And you are just muttering to yourself, muttering the last thing that you said before as, uh, as Maybelline Moonlight stands before you. Yes, well, she was a dick to my dog. That's a damn shame, but this was a good one. You guys brought the bounty in. It's morning. I'm going to go take her. I'm going to collect the money, and the money is all yours. Thanks for a good night's sleep, Ejika. <laughs> I always knew to trust you. I'm trustworthy. Let's all go to bed. <laughs> Back to bed? That ain't polite. <laughs> oh, Tommy, you... Son of a gun. Moose pulls out of his pocket a single bullet and flips it like a coin. Moose, that's my game. <laughs> and Neil tucks into a cot and pulls the blanket over her, knocking over one of the candles that's still lit. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, oh. The fire overtakes Maybelline Moonlight. She goes, oh no, I'm burning up again! Oh no! Oh no! See you in two weeks on Root Tales of Magic! <laughs> Yay! 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 <laughs> Never made it as a wise man. Couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing. Tired of living like a blind man. A sick of sight without a sense of feeling. And this was Root Tales of Magic. Now it's time for credits. That was Ali Fisher as Neil. Carly Monado as Ejica. Christopher Hastings as Jonathan Large, Joe Lepore as Moose, Tim Platt as Tommy Whistle, and Branson Reese as everything and everyone else, except for our special guest, who I'll get to in a second. Root Tales of Magic is produced by Bucket of Milk, edited, sound designed, and scored by Michael Wolf, with additional sound design from Michael Gelfie. As always, Special thanks to Sydney and Benjamin Paul and Tyler Button. And special thanks to our guest, what did I tell you? Jamie Loftus. You can hear her podcast, The Bechdel Cast, or read her book, Raw Dog, The Naked Truth About Hot Dogs. Well, that's it for this one. See you next time on Rude Tales of Magic. And this is how you remind. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast.